Congratulations. It's the Breakfast Club 10-year anniversary. 10 years. 10 years at a Breakfast Club. Doing your thing. Doing what you're doing. And being honest with it. You've had a job for 10 years. Everything's Gucci over there. Wow. 10 years. Shout out to the best doing it, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Damn. Y'all getting old. Y'all been holding it down for 10 years. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Man, y'all been together longer than some people have been married. I'm proud of y'all. The voice of the culture. Peace, love, and uh, let's go to 20 years. Congratulations. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Good morning. You know what's crazy, man? When you watching CNN early this morning, and the lower third says U.S. cities brace for Chauvin verdict. As uh, closing testimony begins today, and the fact that we live in a country that, even though we saw a murder took place for, you know, however long it was, nine minutes or however many seconds, the fact right. we saw it, everybody saw it, but so, everybody's still preparing for the worst because yeah. we know how this country always pulls mm-hmm. the rug out from under under black people. Yeah, they're saying kids uh, don't necessarily have to go to school next week in that area, just in case. They're saying a lot of businesses this are week. closed this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, this week, virtual, virtual Wednesday. learning. Yeah, they said starting Wednesday. They said a lot of <clears throat> a lot of businesses are boarding up and closing already. It's cr- I mean, just the just the fact that we all witnessed this blatant injustice. Every American saw it, but just in case, we bracing for the worst in America because America already knows. America mm-hmm. knows how it gets down. That's right. God damn. Boy. That is right. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I was out in uh, Phoenix over the weekend. Um, I guess Phoenix had a, a huge weekend. I seen Little Dirk perform. Jeezy was out there, but. That's not why flights were so expensive. So flights to Phoenix this weekend was $1,000 for regular flights, right? Regular, regular coach, nothing, coach. No, no Delta Comfort, no first class. And that's not even direct. That's you had to stop to get to Phoenix. And I couldn't figure out why flights were so expensive. But when I got there, I seen that they had a huge dance competition. So there was like all these dance moms in the airport and all these, all these dancers. So that's why. So Phoenix was, was crazy this weekend. So I was out in Phoenix, shot everybody in Phoenix, had a good time when I was out there. Had a really good time. So I actually spent more time in the, on the airplane than I actually did in Phoenix, trying to get to Phoenix. But it was still worth it. Had a great, great time. What you guys do over the weekend? I was here in New York. I went to um, a comedy club to go see Ida Rodriguez perform. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very socially distanced in there, by the way. And I think that's how I went for a nice walk around my neighborhood with uh, with our friend Glow Maven, Latham Thomas. Glow Maven. Latham. I always make sure that if I feel like I haven't been doing anything like going outside and getting a little air, I'm very conscious about, okay, I got to go outside and at least go for a walk and walk around the neighborhood. So I did that, walked to the juice bar, uh, Juices for Life in Brooklyn. You, I had a nice out, chill weekend. Wait, wait, you went out with, with Latham? We went for a walk. The doula? Latham Thomas. Glow Maven, who was yes, just she on the is show. A doula. She's Black a, she, oh, she the doula. Oh, the doula. I thought yes, he said. Doula. I thought he said, dude. I no, was I'm like, no, I said the doula. I'm just asking. Well, yes. you, you got yes, something you yes. want to tell us? She? What? Okay, all right. I'm just asking. All right. Latham is my friend. Oh, all right. I'm just for, asking. Oh, wow. Just asking. I'm just asking. That's all. Latham is an amazing. And she lives human. in Brooklyn. 
Okay. Latham is an amazing human. Because of her, my uh, my wife was able to have a vaginal childbirth on our on our third child because she had a C-section for our second one, and they told her she would have to have a C-section again. And Latham said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. And because of her, she had a vaginal birth. So I believe in doulas 100%. Okay. Yeah, she's a she's a great person. I actually met Latham through Johnny Nunez, the photographer. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Johnny Nunez. So, yes. Okay. All right. Well, today, Secretary Pete Buttigieg will be joining us this morning. Secretary Pete, uh, first mm-hmm. person from the Biden administration to check in since the Biden administration has been in the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, it says a lot about those Negroes around uh, Joe Biden. Oh, you know, what but, you it, mean? but we are, we already know that you know when it comes to you know. Uh, elections and everything you only hear from democrats during election cycles they don't they don't engage their audience unless it's an election cycle which i think is a mistake so salute to uh secretary pete for checking in this morning all secretary right of transportation mm-hmm. well let's get the show cracking front page news what are we talking about nothing good this morning there's a lot of uh updates on different shootings that have happened we'll tell you about the fedex shooting that happened in indianapolis they have id'd that gunman we, all right we say nothing good as if it's as if it's ever good news all right. And we got to send a rest in peace to Black Rob. Black Rob of passed course. away over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we should start the show off with, whoa, you got it ready, Dramas? <laughs> gotcha. Let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Rest in peace, Black Rob. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Yee? Police have ID the... Police have ID'd the gunman who killed eight people at an Indianapolis FedEx facility. It is a 19-year-old former employee. And according to these reports, the gunman is 19-year-old Brandon Hole. He was last employed by FedEx in 2020. He was found dead of a gunshot wound that appeared to be self-inflicted. He had an issue back in March of last year. His mother told law enforcement he might attempt suicide by cop. And that's when Hole was placed on an immediate mental health temporary hold. He also said a gunshot, a shot, I mean, a shotgun was seized at his residence as well. So they said based on the items they observed in his bedroom at that time, he was interviewed by the FBI. They also said in a statement that no racially motivated violent extremism ideology was identified during the course of the assessment and no criminal violation was found. The shotgun then at that time was not returned to the suspect. And so they're trying to determine what the motive was, and they're searching what they believe is his home, according to reports late Friday morning. Probably was his acne. He had terrible, terrible acne. And I don't know if his acne played a role in him flipping out, but that's what a dermatologist is for. And furthermore, acne don't last always. And furthermore, stop making permanent decisions based off temporary feelings, people. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. When everybody hears stories like that, I'm telling you, the first thing I think is, yo, just do, do you, Okay. Whenever you feel like you want to harm a bunch of people and hurt a bunch of people, start with yourself before you don't do take yourself out before you take out a bunch of innocent people, man. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, another person was arrested after a shooting at a bar in Wisconsin in Kenosha. Three people were killed and three others were injured. The person's name was not released, but he was arrested on suspicion of first degree intentional homicide. The victims were not identified yet. And more than three people, like we said, have been injured. The person was taken into custody and did follow multiple leads. That's when they reviewed surveillance video. They said that they believed the suspect knew who he was targeting. They said a person was asked to leave the bar and returned and opened fire. It was unclear whether the victims uh, knew the shooter, but the names, ages, and everything has still not been released. So none of the good guys got guns? There's never nobody in these establishments to, uh, you know, combat these individuals who lose their mind? 
The sad thing is a lot of times you're not allowed to. Now, think about it. Security throws somebody out. He goes back to the car, and a lot of times security, don't, security doesn't have weapons. They're not allowed to have weapons inside the venue or I around think, the venue. Uh, you said That's Ken- crazy. You said Kenosha, right? Mm-hmm. Ain't that the same place Kyle Rittenhouse was at? Uh, yeah, Kenosha, Wisconsin. So clearly they're an open carry state, right? Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. think somebody in that venue uh, could combat, you know, that type of behavior, but you know, even though it's an open venue state, or you know, it doesn't mean open that venue state. is open carry state. Doesn't yeah. mean that venue is allowed private, to have in a private venue. You can say yeah. this is not allowed in this venue. Well, every venue needs to have it at this point. I'd rather get caught right, with and, it than caught without it. And then three people were pronounced dead at the scene of a shooting in Austin, Texas, Lord, on Sunday. Gracious. They said it appeared to be a domestic situation that is isolated. Police identified the suspect, who is still at large, as Stephen Nichols Broderick, who is 41 years old. They don't know if he fled on foot or in a vehicle, but they're concerned he could be hiding or he could have taken a hostage. So they're saying this is a tragedy. He actually is a former Travis County Sheriff's Office detective. He was charged with the sexual assault of a child. He resigned from the department last year after he was arrested and charged. And he was arrested June 20th last year, released on bond that same month. Well, I believe in my right to bear arms, okay? And until y'all get the guns out of the hands of these people, I'm always believing my right to bear arms. All right, there's a lot more. But All right, well, break. I think we've reached our shooting quota for the morning. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we did, too. We don't have to mention, mention any other shootings uh, this morning. America has a problem, that we know. All right, well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, good morning, Envy. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela. It's Rick. Angela. Rick, what up? I mean, Nick, Rick, what's, what's happening? What you call? <laughs> Yo, good morning. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm calling in to say rest in peace to Black Rob, but... I'm also calling in because I, I was watching a, uh, a bit of the Joe Button podcast, right? And they were talking about whether or not Diddy is responsible for, you know, these artists once they get, you know, they leave the label or when artists get sick and stuff like that, or they they, they financially not, you know, together. And I and I heard Swiss B talk about it before. Why don't the hip hop artists or the hip hop community form some kind of like, you know, artist coalition or foundation for? hip-hop artists so that when, you know, their careers are not blossoming like they were before, there'd be some kind of fun to help them take care of their, you know, finances or their retirement or something like that. Because it's sad watching Black Rob, who's such a New York legend, you know, pass away like that, man, homeless mm. and, and financially, you know, and, and, and burdened like that, man. It was, it was sad to see him sick like that. So I, I, know, I know a lot of artists don't have you know, unions or have health care or have uh, um, dental or nothing like that based on the fact that they're independent, you know, a contractors, basically. They should come together and form some kind of coalition for artists, man, the older artists or, you know, have some kind of uh, a union for hip-hop artists because it's sad to see our artists pass away like that. I keep yeah, hearing I everybody say that, but I don't even know how that works. I don't I don't know yeah. how unions work. People, I think people are just saying that because... That's a word. That's that's like a buzzword that's being yeah. thrown around. Rappers need to have a union. Rappers need to have a union. What does I don't that think even they should mean? Have a union. I, I think what they should do is when you sign an artist is just like when you sign on the NFL or NBA. They usually have a general yeah. a, a, a class where you have to take where it tells you about your finances, what you should do with your money, so so people know. Because a lot of people never had money. You give them a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, they don't know what to do with it. 
I, I, I know you mentioned one time during the, the, the earlier part of the pandemic how you wanted to do something like that with the DJs, right? Or you were bringing all the DJs together to have some kind of fun to help them out. It's, it's not hard to put something together because if you can sign up right. for BMI and ASCAP or something like that, you can do it. Where do you, you just have criteria what yeah. you need to become part Rick, of the coalition? Let's be honest. Yeah. If an artist doesn't want to do it, they don't have to do it. I've been doing these seminars, and I told every DJ out there that 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 a DJ that actually on radio that makes money for DJing, only money from DJing, not you know working here and DJing on the side. DJs that do this full time. Any one of my seminars that I come in the city, call me. I probably got three calls. So it they have to want to do it too, and they don't want to have to do it when they you know when they effed up. You're, you're an influencer. You can't let that deter you, though. You know it what I mean? Right. And I do want to. I want to say one more thing about unions, though, Rick. Just to agree with what you're saying is that think about it. Like if you're an actor, you have to join a union in order to get paid or work on certain projects, yeah, you're right? An so you can okay. make it mandatory if you if and that is you can form a union if the majority of people want to do that, and that's just a way to set up for the future and also make sure that you'll always be taken care of when it comes to health care, when it comes to when you retire. So it is possible to do that. Well, question: I wonder if these rappers are eligible for for any of these things now. Are they eligible for SAG after? Are they? they, 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 are, they are. Yeah, I mean, if they yeah, act in it. I know, I know the entertainment. You don't have to be a big name to be a part of SAG, right? You can just mm-hmm. be an extra in a, in a film to yeah. be a part of SAG. But and, well, and I you have to have a speaking Beanie part, Siegel. I think. You have to have a speaking yeah. part, correct? I remember, I remember Beanie Siegel saying, and you understand, you can't eat over hundred grand. Like you get a deal, yeah, and right. You don't get medical. You don't get no. You don't get none of that. I, 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 of being in uh, being a hip hop artist, you they could do it, and I think we have the powers in place to do it. You know, Jay Z, Swiss Beat. All these people that are putting together all these uh, verses and all that stuff, we could put yeah. together something for the artists. Well, I really, I really want to know. It is possible. I really want to know if some of these rappers are eligible for 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 SAG health insurance, yo. I really want to know. I don't know because they do videos and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I would but, love to know if they're. But Rick, eligible. it's also it's also financial freedom. You have to know what to do with your money. Like you can't. You can't be mad at a label for giving you money and the first thing you do is you go buy a car or the first thing you do is you buy jewelry. You you have to make sure you know it's it's a, it's a plan. You have to plan everything out. You just can't spend like it's not going to stop. That's where you, you we need courses on on financial literacy because we have to make sure we cover our ass before we just go out and just buy a random ish. It, it it is what it is. That's that's what a lot of us yeah, do when I mean, we get but- our first check. But I will say unexpected things happen. Like a, a main part of the reason why people end up going broke can also be medical bills that are unexpected. It can also be bad investments. You might invest in some things and then they don't work out the way that you plan. There are a lot of reasons that it can happen, not necessarily always just wasting your money. A lot of times it is wasting our money. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, it's Charlamagne. What up, King? How are you? What up? I'm my DJ Envy. Angela Here. Morning. Two up, two down. Two up, two down. B.A. Yeah, I just want to get off my chest, man. Shorty that ate my sausage biscuit this morning. She owe me a dub, bro. She ate your what? sausage biscuit? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm disappointed that you're still eating pork, but where's the sausage biscuit from? From Hardee's, man. I tried to be outside. I'm going to tell you something. You eating sausage biscuits from Hardee's, you deserve whatever you get, bro. <laughs> no, I'm lying. Hey, I'm lying. That, that, that Hardee's biscuit used to be busting back in the day. 
Oh, now you go. I was about to say, no, I was about to say, no. No, it did, it did, it did, it did. Them biscuits used to be so soft and flaky. I ain't been. I didn't know Hardee's was still open. I thought Hardee's had turned into Carl Juniors. Hold on, pause. Uh, pause on that, though. What the hell? I got a pause for you. Call a bitch talking about eating sausage biscuits. Now, I got a pause. You got to pause talking about the butter biscuits are so soft. Pause. It's too what? Hard. What? Y'all taking this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Y'all taking it too far. I can't and say butter biscuits are soft now? Let me apologize to the woman I, I sat next to on the flight. I am so sorry. I had Popeyes in the airport, and my stomach was was all over the place. And I'm sorry. I just want to tell that lady, I am sorry. If you was on that flight from Phoenix to LaGuardia, I'm sorry, ma'am. All right. She was like, thank goodness that mask was on, but I still could smell it. Definitely smell it through the mask. Hello, who's this? What's up, brother? It's Nick from Jersey. Nick, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Yo, can we talk about this lady in Detroit, man? She left her, where was it? She left that 18-month-old child left in the house when the house caught on fire. I heard, man. Oh, yeah, I heard she, she sent. I heard she sent her. Oh yeah, nobody her dogs. Was in the house. Yeah, she just sent yeah, everybody in for the dogs. Nobody in the house. Yeah, that's well, insane. that's just like the woman I saw. I saw some woman somewhere kill all three of her kids because she said she was protecting the kids from the father. Yeah, I'm like, if that's what you call protection, but I, we just live in a weird world. I think we all woke up in an alternative reality, man. And the lady he's Yo, talking about, when they took the baby out the Yo. fire, she wanted the baby. They was like, no, this baby's going to Child Protective Services. You didn't even tell us about the baby. I think it said that it was her adopted baby, too. That's crazy. Man, listen, I love my dog. That's sad. But that, mm-hmm. man, I'm taking my kids. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Nah, man. All right, man. Look, yo, y'all have a great morning. I listen to y'all every day, man. God bless you guys. Thank you, King. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Naive, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we will be discussing Black Rob. We'll give you some information on what happened with his untimely passing. Again, rest in peace to Black Rob's family and friends, and we'll discuss. All right, we'll get into that next. And don't forget, uh, Secretary Pete will be joining us. So Pete we'll Booty Judge. We'll kick it with him next hour. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Peace to the podcast. Power 105.1. You know I got your rumor report. Talk to me. Coming up next on The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Black Rob. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, rest in peace to Black Rob. I think we were all surprised when we saw the video of Black Rob in the hospital where he was giving his condolences to DMX's family. If y'all recall, this is what it sounded like. I mean, I've been dealing with this man for five years. Four strokes. It's crazy. It's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't... I don't got no house to live in, except probably, man, a apartment, man, for me and my, me and my man be trying to get together, man. I'm telling you, man, this is strange. It's, it's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, I, I, need some, I need some rest, man. You know, we don't know what kind of pain that brother was in. We don't know what he was going through. But I tell you what, that video, you heard it for yourself just now. That brother said he was tired. He said he needed some rest. So I pray to God uh, that, you know, God is pleased with him and he gets the rest he deserves. Absolutely. Well, he had been hospitalized for a kidney failure and his former label mate, Mark Curry, took to social media to announce when Black Rob had gotten discharged from the hospital. But unfortunately, on Saturday, he revealed that Black Rob had passed. 
don't know where to begin this, but I thank everybody for the donations. Rob passed away about an hour ago. I need for his daughter, Iona Ross, little Robert Ross. Y'all get in touch with me, please. Mm. Luke DeMar Curry, what is Black Rob's family saying? I feel like we're hearing from everybody except for his actual family. Like, what, what is his family saying? I well, know. I haven't seen anything from his family yet. You know, we did see that uh, Puff did post the message, Mario Winans. A lot of his former label mates also posted their condolences messages. In addition to that, you know, uh, Black Rob had been struggling with health issues for quite some time. Back in 2015, he was on Sway and he was discussing his high blood pressure, strokes that he had. Listen to this. You know, I had a stroke, you know, and, but I got over that. It's just been high blood pressure, man, and, you know, and, and trying to, trying to, Stay on top of this thing, man. You know what I'm saying, man? And, you know, being on top. So you got to take pills and stuff for your um, high blood pressure? Yeah. Daily? Yeah, man. I take, like, 10 pills, man, a day, every day. Damn. reason I asked what Black Rob's family is is because I see all these GoFundMes going around. You know, I see things for, you know, they're trying to get the brother a house. They're trying to get funeral expenses. Like, who who's behind all of this? Where Where is that money going? That's what I would like to know. Right, and we did see that um, Puff did post a statement. Uh, he said, rest in power, King Black Rob. As I listen to your records today, there's one thing that they all have in common. You have made millions of people all over the world feel good and dance. You are one of a kind. God bless. Love. You will be truly missed. Mm. So sad, man. Man, this is so sad. Yeah, I was surprised because we just saw him recently, but we did see that he was suffering. So, Well, listen, the brother said he needed some rest. That's that, you know. I, that, that's what that's what I heard in the video. The brother said he needed some rest. He said he was tired. So once again, uh, I hope God is pleased with him, and I I pray the brother gets the rest he deserves. All right, now Paris Hilton is saying that she suffered from PTSD, and that was after that sex tape was released. That one night in Paris sex tape. She said it was like being electronically raped. That's what she said about that experience. She was only twenty years old when she made that sex tape, and she said that her boyfriend at the time, Rick Solomon, had kind of pressured her into doing this sex tape. He was she's he was thirteen years older than her, and. She said, that's something that will always hurt me for the rest of my life. She said they filmed that sex tape in 2001. There was a three-minute version of it that was leaked in 2003. They both sued the company. And then he went ahead and released a longer version of the video, and he plugged it on NBC. He said it's 18 minutes of full color, and I think everybody will enjoy it. He then struck a deal with the porn studio Red Light District video. He sold a 45-minute version with the name One Night in Paris. And she said it still gives her PTSD to discuss that sex tape which was filmed then when she was only 20 years old. I thought she both parties that will always hurt her. I thought mm-hmm. both parties got to sign off when they sell it to I those so um, too. porn companies. Yeah, I thought yeah, so I'm too. Yeah, I'm not sure how that worked, but she said it was a private experience between two people. You love someone, you trust someone, and to have mm-hmm. your trust betrayed like that and for the whole world to be watching and laughing, it was even more hurtful to me to have these people think that I did this on purpose. That killed me. It still gives me PTSD to talk about it. I had always looked up to amazing women like Princess Diana. And I just felt like when he did that to me, he took that all away from me and people would never look at me the same. She said all these people were making fun of her on all these talk shows and she didn't even want to leave her bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Charlotte. I thought you had to sign off on that. I didn't think anybody could just post it on their sites or their blog sites or, or sell yeah. it. I, th- I thought you had to sign off. Yeah, on I it. thought both parties had to sign off. 
Now, Paris Hilton's little sister said that they lived in a hotel where the New York Daily News and the New York Post was on everyone's front door down the hall. So she said on days when it was a cover story, I would run down the hall first and flip every newspaper over so they didn't have to see it. Mm. She lived in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Isn't isn't her granddaddy own a bunch of hotels? Well, that's probably why she lived there. She lived rent free. Okay. (laughs) The <laughs> show was a regular role. The show was a presidential suite. I'd like, for all, suite I like for all of this context to be out there because it okay. sounds like, what? She lived in a hotel? Yeah, because your, your granddaddy owned Her last name is Hilton. Yeah. yeah. The show was a presidential suite. It wasn't a regular room. Right. And she said, if that would have happened today, it wouldn't be what it was back then. She's, I'm, I'm again, happy that things have changed and that people are realizing that the woman in the situation is the victim, should not be treated like that or spoken about like that. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, today is the closing arguments. They start in a Derek Chauvin trial, and we'll tell you what's going on right now. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Hey. All right. That's a tough tune right there. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see you do the ski challenge yet, Charlemagne. Well, you know, listen, I think it's dope that Thug and Gunner got folks skiing in the spring. What I'm waiting on is a cocaine addict to show y'all uh, show y'all doing that challenge with real skiing is. Okay? Oh my oh That's my the one goodness. I'm going to get in on. All right. All right. Can't nobody well, fix sniff cocaine like me. I'm telling you. Let me see you do it one time. If you're watching, no, you're, not even, you're not even here. So no, I'm man. watching. I can see you right now. Guys. No, let me see you do it one time. No, no, come no, on. I don't feel like let me see you do it one no, time. No, no, come on. Just no, one time. No, one time. No, one I don't suck things up when you ask me to, sir. See, you play too much. Let's get in some front page news. You kinky. You missed me this weekend. Where we starting, Ye? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Well, closing arguments are starting today in the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, but there's also preparations for protests being made. So police have been bracing across the country in case they see a lot of things happening. There were tensions in the Minneapolis metropolitan area as people are waiting to find out what's going to happen with Derek Chauvin. You know, there was a peaceful march and protest calling for justice. And at least 100 people were arrested on Friday night, according to authorities. And so you could see uh, just all kinds of things happening. Now, closing arguments in Derek Chauvin's trial will contrast the prosecution's concise case with a more complex defense. So prosecutors uh, are trying to say, basically, what you saw is what it is. You know, Derek Chauvin used his knee to suffocate a non-resisting black man. And that's what it is. That's what they've been arguing. You can believe your eyes that it's a homicide, according to prosecuting attorney Jerry Blackwell in opening statements. But the defense's goal throughout the trial has been to make that more complicated. What they are saying, what looked like excessive force was actually an appropriate restraint. What looked like a suffocation was actually Floyd's drug overdose and underlying heart issues. And what looked like an officer's heartlessness was actually concern about a hostile mob of agitators, according to the defense. Listen, America knows America. Don't ever let these politicians fool you when they say this is not America. This is absolutely America, and they know it. That's why they're bracing themselves for the worst, because they already know. I'm looking at CNN right now. The lower third says Biden said he is keeping a watchful eye on trial. Fears verdict may inflame tensions. You think? (laughs) You think that if Derek Chauvin gets off, it's going to inflame tensions? That's going to be an understatement. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to treat the people who are reacting to the injustice worse than they treat the person who actually committed the injustice. That's what's going to happen. 
Hopefully not. Now, just just to re- recap, Derek Chauvin has pleaded not guilty to second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter charges. If he is convicted, he could face up to 40 years in prison for second-degree murder, up to 25 years for the third degree, and up to 10 years for second-degree manslaughter. The charges are considered separate, so he could be convicted of all, some, or none of them. Mm-mm-mm. Well, whatever happens is meant to happen. You know, I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. Yeah, that definitely sounds cliche. It is, but whatever happens is meant to happen. So, you know, America can show black people once again what they think about us. Or they can, for the first time in a long time, do the right thing. You know, destiny's not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. So, you know, pick your choice this week, America. All right. It's so crazy because when the trial first started, I was like, get him, like with the prosecution. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was a shut and close case. Like, okay, this is going to happen. But now we're a little nervous. All right, now a seven-year-old girl died and her father was wounded after they were sh- after they were shot at a McDonald's drive-through in Chicago yesterday. The child was identified by police as Jaslyn and her 28-year-old dad, Jonte Adams. They were in a car outside of the McDonald's when two gunmen opened fire on them. Jaslyn was struck several times in the shooting that occurred at about 4:20 p.m. Her father was hit in the torso and he's hospitalized in stable condition. So, yes, I told you it was not really any good news. We have nothing good. Morning. No babies born. It's never nobody no hit the news. lotto. Why y'all acting like we deliver good news? Nobody delivers Sheesh. good news. What the, the the age old motto in the news is: if it bleeds, it leaks. Okay. When is there ever good news? Goodness gracious! Make it a paper. All right. Cut? Well, that is your the lotto tip or something. News. All right. All right, reset, reset, reset. Now, when we come back, Secretary Pete Buttigieg will be joining us. Yeah, Secretary Pete. Listen, always remember, Democrats are only your friend when it's an, when it's an, when it's an election cycle. Okay, they only engage their audience when it's an election when it's election time, which I think is a mistake. So it's good to see Secretary Pete Buttigieg checking in this morning. All right, we'll kick it with him when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Hey, man, we knew you when you were just a little mayor down there in South Bend, man. Now That's look right. at you. Look at you. Congratulations on the new position. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So what I'm is the excited. position? What, what, are you, what, what are you doing? What is the position? Break it down. So it's everything related to how people get around. Right, we're, we're talking about transit. Uh, we got a federal transit authority supports subways and buses. The Federal Aviation Administration uh, for air travel, uh, ports and airports, planes, trains, and automobiles. All, all of that, even pipeline safety, is part of the, the, the department. And it's always an exciting place to be, at least if you care about these things. But this moment right now, this moment that we're in, I think is the most important moment in terms of what we can do for transportation in the country because of the the president's jobs plan, which hopefully we'll get to talk about. So there's never been a more exciting moment to work with these issues. And, uh, uh, you know, I think about it as a mayor, right? Because as a mayor, you're getting up, you're thinking about potholes. Uh, you're worried about uh, how to make sure people can get around the community. But now we get to work those issues for the whole country. I saw a lot of conversation based around what you said about racism and how it's sometimes been a part of highway planning and construction. So can you break that down for us? Yeah, I was a little surprised that some people were so surprised uh, because I think to a lot of others, it's it's been pretty obvious. But uh, it starts by understanding the history, right? So if you look at the way that a lot of highways, for example, have been built in this country, uh, a lot of that was at the expense of black and brown neighborhoods. And sometimes it was just out of convenience. So it's expensive to buy up a bunch of property. 
to run a highway through it. Black neighborhoods are often undervalued, and so it was the path of least resistance. Sometimes it was about power, right? The, the neighborhoods that had the least uh, power to speak up in a community process and say, wait a minute, let's have that road go there instead of here. Sometimes that was part of the explanation, but it's very important to understand that sometimes this was very intentional. There is evidence uh, from history in places from Atlanta to New York City that sometimes the way that a road was built, the way that a highway was set up, the way that one part of town was divided from another was viewed as part of the, the, the mechanics, the mechanism of segregation, uh, that you could keep two parts of town uh, separated through something like a highway. So uh, when I talk about racial equity and transportation, it's not just about making sure that everybody has access to good transportation, but also literally when the money was spent, where was it spent and how was it spent and what effect did it have? And often you'd have sometimes a thriving neighborhood that got cut into or just rolled over entirely through the use of federal transportation dollars. And I don't say that in order to make people feel guilty. I'm saying it because we can do it differently this time. The president's proposed the biggest jobs investment since World War II. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars. So this time, let's get it right, including money to reconnect some of those same places that were divided in the past. Now, I did hear that, you know, back in the day, especially like in areas like Long Island and where the beaches are, they would make these overpasses that were too low for buses. Because back in the day, of course, minorities, black people couldn't afford cars, so they would have to take the bus. So that way the bus couldn't get to those beaches. So more of the of the rich white people would be able to get to the beaches and not allow us to get to some of those areas. Is, is that what you're talking about as well? Yeah, that's a great example. The uh, Robert Caro's uh, history book, the, the Power Broker, about uh, a biography of Robert Moses, who who engineered a lot of these things, describes this, and it's it's exactly as you're saying. Uh, overpasses a little lower than they usually would have been, so the buses couldn't get through, and the buses would have been how a lot of Black and Puerto Rican uh, residents would have been able to access those beaches. So that's another example of how this is not just this is not just incidental. This is not just out of neglect. There were some real choices. But now we can make different choices, better choices. And that's part of what's exciting about the jobs plan. Well, what is, what is the jobs plan exactly? I'm hearing it's a transformative plan that's going to impact generations. So, so, so what is it exactly? Yeah, so it's, it's roads and bridges. First of all, just fixing uh, 20,000 miles of roads, uh, 10,000 bridges around the country. Uh, it's improving our ports and airports. It's improving transit. In fact, we're going to double uh, the resources for transit. And this is important also from a racial justice perspective because... Uh, you know, black and brown Americans are more likely to rely on transit to get to where they need to go. Um, this is about making sure we invest in workforce, because the other equity question that's really big here is who's going to get to do the work, right? If we're going to be building mm -hmm. bridges, fixing roads and, and improving uh, ports and airports and, and enhancing subways, uh, you know, who actually gets to do the work? What kind of businesses get in on it and what kind of workers uh, get in on that? So what can we do to make sure that there are apprenticeship programs to make uh, more pathways available to get these building trades jobs. All of this is contemplated in the plan. It's $2.25 trillion. And there's a bit of a fight going on over whether you can call it infrastructure, right? So there's things like roads and bridges that everybody agrees for infrastructure, but there's also investments in internet access. We think that's infrastructure. Absolutely. You need to be able to get on the internet to do your homework, to get a job the same way, uh, you know, I, I know 50 years ago, people weren't thinking about the internet, but, but they were putting in the interstate highway system. Right now you need both. So we've got things like that. Uh, we've got measures to deal with water. Uh, you know, water is definitely infrastructure, at least from a mayor's perspective. And so the president's plan would get rid of all lead service pipes everywhere in the country. It's a huge undertaking, 
but you've got to do it. Otherwise, you still have families worried about whether they can get clean, safe drinking water that isn't going to poison their children. Pete, this is when this is when the age gap is clear between you and some of your peers, right? That being that you're you're trying to convince them that the internet is infrastructure. Of course, it is in 2021. I think so. I mean, I think all of this is is generational too, right? The uh, the the truth is we're living off of infrastructure that was built generations ago. And we've kind of been coasting for a long time, taking out investments for 30 or 40 years, which is why they put out report cards from the uh, American Society of Civil Engineers, for example. They're giving us C's and D's on the infrastructure in this country. And other countries are leaping ahead of us. You can see we're falling behind. That's a generational issue, right? Because a new generation can't thrive in an economy that doesn't have good infrastructure. Same with internet. Same with climate. So the other really important thing we have to do here is make investments that are going to help head off climate change. Transportation is the single biggest source of greenhouse gases in our entire economy. So if we can get more people in electric vehicles and make them affordable, if we can create more transit options so you don't need a vehicle at all in order to get to where you're going, uh, if we can improve the energy grid after things like what we saw in Texas, right? That's infrastructure, I think. All of those things add up to a better climate future, too. And it's it's absolutely a question of generational uh, opportunity. We have more with Secretary Pete Buttigieg when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Secretary Pete. Charlemagne? How, how can we ensure that the, the American Jobs Plan directly helps black people? we see a lot of times these plans, you know, they, they, we, they don't trickle down the, the, the black people the way it should. How can we make sure it directly impacts black people? Yeah, I, I think this is really important and it's not going to be automatic that it, that it goes well. I mean, this is why we need to make sure we have things like apprenticeship programs. We need to work, work with organized labor to make sure there are more pathways into these jobs. These are good jobs with, with middle class incomes. By the way, most of the jobs we're talking about creating here will not require a college degree. Uh, and so this is a great way for people to uh, to get a start in life or to, to, to raise a family. Uh, whether they're going after the, you know, there's definitely some engineering jobs that will be created that require degrees, PhDs, but a lot of this we're talking about, these are not mysterious jobs. I mean, we're talking about uh, construction work, we're talking about uh, insulators, we're talking about electrical workers. And we know that there could and should and need to be uh, more black representation in those skilled trades. So part of it's that. Part of it's the kinds of business ownership that gets in on this, right? We need to build, and there's there's an example of doing this through infrastructure, actually in Atlanta. So a generation ago, part of how Mayor Maynard Jackson uh, helped build a black middle class in that city was by making sure when they had a major infrastructure project for the airport, that a business community with a lot of diverse ownership uh, got in on that. The, the, my department alone procures six or seven or eight billion dollars in a year directly, in addition to all the money that flows through here. So the business opportunity here is, is enormous, uh, but we've got to make sure that, that we're supporting those businesses as they grow. Yeah, so you got we're doing what we can. I was just going to say, we're doing what we can already within the law. So uh, uh, for example, we, we just put out a, a billion dollar grant program uh, where uh, we as a department set criteria telling the communities what we're looking for. And they come to us with projects and then we fund them. And in that program, for the first time in this way, we're explicitly saying we want racial equity to be, equity to be one of the things that you are considering and explaining when you bring that program uh, 
uh, the grants in, the, in that program to us. Same thing with another program called BUILD, which is about $887 million. We put it out soon after I, I took this office, and now we're going through the applications. So there's a lot we can do uh, that's consistent with the law now, but if we pass this new law that the president's proposing, it's just a, it's a different level of investment. And uh, the, the benefits are huge. Yeah, I was going to say when when it comes to the construction, you got to holler at uh, McKissick and McKissick. They're uh, a black-owned construction company owned by a, a black woman. So make sure she gets one of those contracts as well. And, and I want to switch gears a little bit too. You know, you're 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 a veteran, right? Yeah. So when you see what happened to Lieutenant Karen uh, Nasrio, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, in Virginia at the hands of the police, how, how did that make you feel? I don't know that I have words for, for how it makes me feel. I mean, the, everybody says that they stand with those who wear the uniform, right? We say support our troops. And then you see one of our troops in uniform being treated that way. And it is so opposite of the basic idea that we stand up for those who stand up for us. And, and in another era, when I'm sure that was happening just as much, we wouldn't know about it. Right, because there wouldn't be footage of it. Now we do, and it's one more fact that confronts America uh, as we have this national conversation about whether this is going to continue. Does this administration yeah. really care about holding police accountable? Absolutely. I mean, that's why this administration, for example, is pushing for the George Floyd Policing Act to be passed. The House passed it. Uh, we need to get that through the Senate. Act. I mean, this, this country is not whole until something changes. And I think, uh, I know that's important to the president. It's important, I think, to everybody in this administration. And the country will be hurting until we can fix this. But when does it stop? It seems like it's the same scenario over and over and over and over again. It just seems like there's no accountability and nothing ever changes. Well, there has to be accountability. And, and again, that's part of what needs to change in terms of reforms. Look, we get that a lot of the, the, the decisions are local, but there's also a national climate, a national culture. And there are national laws like the George Floyd Act that would make a difference here. I mean, we're up against the entire history of this country, right? It's before the founding of this country. We're up against 400 years. Um, but I really believe that it has to change in our lifetime uh, or the country doesn't make it. And, man, Pete, I know you got a hard out, so I want to respect that. So I just want to say, man, I want to salute you because one thing I think Democrats suck at is engaging with their audience outside of election cycles. Like we only see them when they want us to vote, which I think is a huge mistake. And it says a lot that with all the black people around Joe Biden who came here during election cycles, that the first person we've heard from since the administration has been in the White House is you. So thank you for valuing, you know, our, our audience. Absolutely. Well, I'm honored to be with you. I'll come by anytime. Now, Absolutely. Got, I got one question, you know, yeah. gun control, you know, we seems like there's a mass shooting every other week. Um, but we talk about it all the time. A lot of the times people that purchase these guns purchase it legally, but they have problems. They have mentally they have mental health problems. How are we looking on making sure these gun code, these gun control laws are, are a lot more serious and, and a lot more protecting of, of the regular people? Yeah, I mean, we're waking up to news again. Today it's in my home state, Indianapolis. We'll, we'll see where it is tomorrow. And there's the mass shootings and then there's the everyday shootings. And we're the only country that seems to tolerate this as routine. So, uh, you know, Congress needs to act. We need to act on background checks. We need to act on a lot of things. But what the president did was use his executive authority to at least do what we could um, to do things about, for example, these kits that you can assemble in the guns. And another thing that's in there, to, to your question, is uh, a model red flag law. So the idea of a red flag law is that 
uh, if a, a family is concerned about someone who has these mental health issues, uh, they can go through a process to make sure that, that they don't have access to a weapon. We should be very clear that in, in places where guns are more widely available to people with mental health struggles, there are more gun suicides. Not all suicide attempts are alike, and we're more likely to lose somebody to suicide if they have access to a gun. Uh, so we should at least be able to agree on this much. Right. I haven't been in Washington for long, but I'm learning one thing about this place is sometimes things that people agree on around the country in both parties, whether it's infrastructure or whether it's background checks on guns, it doesn't quite work that way in Congress. But uh, I think that that keeping keeping an insistence on progress has is, is got to have some kind of impact. If you go in front of the, flag, uh, the Capitol right now, the lawn is planted with flags, each one of which represents people who have been lost to gun violence. Right. And it's another one of those things that if, if we can't change it on the watch of the generations now in charge, then uh, then we never will. So it's now or never, and we just can't ever get used to it, even though I think we've gotten used to it. Now, Secretary Pete, you, you came up here and you told us your story, uh, and you talked yeah. about how difficult it was for you to come out uh, when you were starting. Have yeah. you watched The Bachelor, seen The Bachelor with Colton Underwood and how difficult it was for him to come out? Did you see that yet or no? I'm just, just curious. No, I saw something about it on Twitter, but I haven't caught up on it yet. Oh, okay. Just curious. That's all. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Secretary Pete. We appreciate you. Unless you, you got time. How much more time you got? No, I really do have to go now. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. All right. Because, you know, we still got to talk about why they're why they trying to suppress the black vote. But we talk about that another time. There's a lot to talk about there. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll catch you again in the future. I hope. My man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Secretary thank Pete. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes, thank you to uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg for pulling up on us this morning. And I, I also mm -hmm. want to say, you know, yesterday, April 18th, was the four-year anniversary of my first book, Black Privilege, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Created. New York Times bestseller. Thank you for everyone who made uh, this book a tremendous success. Mm -hmm. And four years later, that book, Black Privilege, is now a, a book imprint a publishing company, Black Privilege Publishing, and we have our first release, Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency, How to Win to that. in the Country We Built, coming out mm -hmm. May 11th. It's available for pre-order everywhere you buy books now. So I guess the moral of the story is life life is all about progression. That's okay? right. Putting out my own book is great. Putting out my own books, because I put out another book called Shook One, too, but being able to assist in publishing other people's books, it's better. Absolutely. So go pre-order Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built, available May 11th. I just uh, got off the phone with uh, Black Rob's manager. What's his name? Uh, let me see. I tell you the brother's name. Um, I met him a couple of times. Uh, his name is Jamal Mosley, J. Jamal Mosley. Okay. What yeah. is he talking about? Um, nah, he just heard us talking, and, and he was just talking about what was going down and what happened. And I forgot that. I guess me and Black Rob had got into it a long time ago. And he was like, you know, I, Nobody I wanted y'all to... Nobody likes you, bro. Why you always... I know you that. get into it with everybody. I know. Yeah, I don't even remember... about me getting, into, getting, getting into it with people. You be getting touched up out here. But he was like, yeah, you know, we, we seen each other in the elevator and it was so much tension and they wanted to squash. But I don't even remember what it was. So it had to be something stupid, some mixtape stuff. But he was just telling me that a lot of the things that we're hearing in the press is absolutely false and... Uh, he said that uh, he wants to, you know, speak of what's really going on. But he just said he wants to talk to the family first, make sure the family's aware that he is going to speak. And that's what I'm talking about. That's why that he said, mm -hmm. what you say? Now, and he said that um, he said uh, one thing that he will say is he says, you know, people say, where's Puff? Where's Puff? He says Puff has always been there. He says Puff has always helped. Puff, Puff has always sent care packages. He says Puff even flew uh, Rob to Miami to try to help and just try to keep him on a, with some positive energy.
Now, what, what is a puff care package now? Because if, I, if, I'm, if I need a kidney Money, and you're sending me some liquor. Bread. Some okay. bread to make sure he was okay. Puff care packages be De Leon and Ciroc. Okay? No, it wasn't no liquor or okay. nothing like that. He was making sure that the yeah. brother was good. And he said Puff well, was taking care of him. that's good to hear because there's this narrative out there that Puff hasn't done anything no, for his artist. And he hasn't helped him. But that's good to hear. No, he said that's not true. He said Puff did take care of him. Not recently. He said for years he said Puff did take care of him. And he said that... Uh, you know, most of the GoFundMe's that you see out there, he is shutting down and shut down. He said because, you know, they, they didn't speak to anybody. They didn't speak to the family. They didn't speak to the estate. They didn't That's speak all to I anybody. To Did I not ask that question this morning? All I wanted to know this morning, what is the family saying? Because I'm not hearing anything from the family. But I'm seeing all of these people post GoFundMe's and asking for money to buy Robert House and pay for his funeral mm -hmm. expenses. And I'm like, well, who are they clearing this through? He said, he said a lot more, uh, but he he definitely said, you know, he'll speak to the family first. And if the family says it's okay, he will, uh, you know, jump on it and, and that's what, see what's going on, that's which is the right thing. That's the right thing to do. And every single person who has posted to GoFundMe about Black Rob, I know your heart may be in the right place, but you got to go and ask the family first. You got Absolutely. to. And, you know, so he just wanted to give me up. They heard us talking this morning and just wanted to update some of the things. But he said, you know, he will definitely uh, reach out next week. I was on the phone with him until we just got on. It was... Man, there's so much going on, but definitely condolences to to Rob's family and friends and and you know, just just continue to pray for the family and everything mm -hmm. like that. All mm -hmm. right. Jeez. All right. Now we got rumors on the way, E. What are we talking about? Yes, we'll be talking about DMX and the public memorial service they'll be having to honor him. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. With Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Issa Rae is on the cover for Rolling Stone, and she's talking about the inspiration behind her rap-ish comedy series. As you know, and I'm excited to see this, you know, this is actually going to start filming this summer. It'll be eight episodes from HBO Max, and it's also executive produced by uh, Coach K and P from Quality Control, as well as the City Girls. Hey. It's up. It's about two childhood friends trying to get in the rap game. It's loosely based on their lives, the city girls. And this is what inspired Issa Rae. It's Jermaine Dupree talking about women in hip hop. Do you have a favorite right now in the rap game? Cardi B, Megan yeah. Thee Stallion. Well, I can't really say. <laughs> Not a Cardi B fan? I have a, no, but you know the reason why I can't say is because I feel like they are rapping about the same thing. And I don't feel like that. I don't think they're showing us who's the best rapper. It's like strippers rapping. And I don't, I don't, as far as rap goes, I don't, I'm not getting who is the best rapper. I don't know, bro, JT be snapping, bro. Drop on the clues bonds with JT from the city, girl. JT be snapping, Meg be snapping too. But JT be snapping, snapping. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of controversy when Jermaine Dupree made those comments and Issa mm -hmm. Rae said, I was just like, this is so unfair. So that's what inspired her new show. Have I'm they started shooting that. yet? They start this summer. Man, I hope they cast Pretty V, man. Pretty V would be so perfect on that show. Drop on the clues bonds for Pretty V. But I can't wait to see what Issa cooks up. All right, now DMX will be honored at a public memorial service at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. So that's going to happen later on this month. And so, yeah. Just letting you guys know, because I know a lot of people have been saying, if I want to pay respect to DMX, how can I do that? So we'll have those details for you as they are coming in. They had a ride out this uh, city this uh, Sunday where uh, Rough Riders had like a huge uh, borough to borough ride. I've seen a lot of people riding out this weekend for DMX. They had thousands of bikes out there. 
Right. And Meek Mill also said that he wants to ride out for DMX in the New York area uh, as well. So that's what he had said. And then there was. All right. In addition to that, DMX's fiance has opened up about her loss. Desiree Lindstrom is her name. And she posted the first night we met and you held me close. I knew I would never let go. I got I was lost in you and nothing else mattered. My best friend, my baby, my love, truly my everything. Thank you for us. Thank you for Exodus. Thank you, God, for Earl Simmons forever. X. So she also has a, a large tattoo, which says dog love, which sits over a large X. So they have a four year old son together. Exodus. Mm hmm. So we want to send her so our sad, love and condolences Absolutely. as well. Definitely sending her healing energy. Now, Sharon Osbourne has done her first TV appearance since leaving uh, her daytime talk show. And she talks to Bill Maher on real time. Here's what she says. How are you? It's so many different things. I'm angry. I'm hurt. Who's the racist and why? I, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Me too. I've been called so many things in my life. I am so used to being called names, but a racist is one I will not take. I don't understand the other side of the argument there. In other words, like, you have to agree with everything Meghan Markle says or you're a racist? Uh, okay. I didn't watch that whole interview, but I'll be interested to see what actually happened with Bill Maher. And I don't know I if that's it, what classified her as a racist because she didn't agree with Meghan Markle. I find it hilarious that uh, they keep saying that's the first time Sharon has spoken since this situation has happened. They just straight up erased Kevin Frazier's interview. And Kevin Frazier was out here caping for, for, for Sharon Hall. Well, I think it's... And they just erased she, We him. didn't know... When she did that interview, I, did, I don't think she was let go or left the show, the talk yet. So I think they're saying this is the first time oh, since, since leaving been the talk. Oh, since leaving the show, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that news came out after that. All right, now Little Nas X, there was some backlash last week after a video surfaced of his mother soliciting money with a sign in Atlanta, and his father did come to his defense. And, you know, now he also has said, I hate speaking on my personal life, but y'all don't know how many nights I've cried myself to sleep feeling guilty because nothing I tried would help my mom. Paint me as the bad guy all you want, but at the end of the day, you know me outside of this, you don't know me outside of this internet-ish. So if y'all saw that video and people were saying, yeah, oh, look at how that. Little Nas X... And that was whack and for I the dude really that did that, man. Whoever taped his mom like that, that, that was whack. That was totally whack. All right, and little Nas X also answered some questions that kids had about coming out of the closet. And it was posted on a recent episode of the YouTube show Arts and Raps. Here's what it sounded like. What does it mean to come out of the closet? It means you're like, hey, everybody, I'm this thing. And you guys didn't even know that, but now you know. Why are people in the closet in the first place? We think about what other people think about us. So once we tell somebody we're this thing or that thing, their mind shifts completely. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter how close you are to them or whatever. All right. I think, and, you know, he put out a new T-shirt line. I don't know if you guys had a, a chance to see this, but one of the shirts says, um, I heart Jesus. And then under it, it says, and that one part in the Montero music video by Little Nas X when he gets nasty with the devil because it was a cool form of self-expression and art. Nigga, and then what? he has another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's all <laughs> on a T-shirt? Yes. And then he has another shirt that says, I watched the Montero video by Little Nas X and all I got was this lousy shirt and now I'm also gay and love Satan. So those are... <laughs> what? All that ain't on the Some damn T-shirt. Why you just be making stuff yes, up for the report, ye? It is. I'm looking I at the believe. shirt. I don't believe. Send it to the group chat. How does all that fit okay. on a T-shirt? It's a smaller print underneath because... It's got to be tiny as hell. 
<laughs> then underneath it's really small. But yes. That was what do y'all think about that? That was true. I watched the Montero video. I just thought about myself in some gray sweatpants. Everything you said just could apply to me in gray sweatpants. What, tiny as hell? Tiny print. Print small as hell. Oh, pookie, pookie, mm. pookie. Mini me. Getting nasty with the devil. All Never. right, well, that is... <laughs> Never. Never that. You said everything I said. Nope. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Goodness gracious. All right. God damn, it's a real T-shirt. This looks like the thing that they... I told you. You know, when you look at the, uh, the, the, the doctor's office and you got to do the eye test? That's yep, what the T-shirt exactly looks like. like. All right. Well, who are you giving that donkey to, man? Uh, we need a young woman named Liliana Carrillo to come to the front of the congregation talking about dancing with the devil or playing with the devil or dealing with the devil. This is all the devil. We'll talk about it for after that. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes, Donkey of the Day for Monday, April 19th goes to a Bakersfield, California woman named Liliana Carrillo. Uh, I think I pronounced her name right. I hate to start the week off so dark. Calling these twisted humans like Liliana donkeys feels like such an understatement. But here we are. Okay, the world as we know it has been turned inside out. It's like we all woke up in an alternate universe. Common sense is not common. Uh, right is looked at as wrong and vice versa. Good is looked at as evil and vice versa. And God, what is that? People hear you talking about believing in God and can't wait to tell you how much they don't believe in God. And their actions show it. So when you see stories like Liliana Carrillo, you can't even be surprised because based off everything else we are seeing in this world, you know without a shadow of a doubt that she believes the BS coming out of her mouth. See, Liliana Carrillo, how can I say this? She killed all her kids, mm. three of them, ages mm -hmm. six months, two, and three years old. Yes, I just said that. Liliana Carrillo killed all of her kids, ages six months, two, and three years old. Would you like to know why? Let's go to KGET NBC 17 for the report, please. The suspect in a horrific Los Angeles murder admits to 17 News she killed her three children. Liliana Carrillo made the confession to 17's Aton Wallace. Did you kill your children? I did. I drowned them. I hugged them and I kissed them and I was apologizing the whole time. I love my kids. Carrillo broke down in tears, saying she drowned her children to protect them from their father, with whom she was in a bitter custody dispute. She alleged he was involved in human trafficking. I don't want them to be further abused. I love my kids. Like I said, I wish that this didn't have to be the case, but I wasn't going to allow. I promised to protect them. Last month, the children's father asked a court to require Carrillo to undergo a mental health evaluation. He also told the LA Times he tried to get help for Carrillo from child protective authorities, but added they did not immediately get involved. The father was supposed to see the children Sunday, but the day before, authorities say the children's grandmother discovered the bodies of three-year-old Joanna, two-year-old Terry, and six-month-old Sierra at this apartment in Reseda. Bakersfield prosecutors say later in the day, Carrillo's car broke down as she drove through Kern County. When a good Samaritan stopped to help, she allegedly stole his car. I tried getting to the top of a cliff so I could drive myself off and die. But before she could carry that out, she was arrested a couple hours later in Tulare County. Woo! <laughs> heavy. Heavy, 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 heavy. So you killed your three kids because you were trying to protect them from their father. Okay, let's unpack this, as my therapist would say. Uh, Eric Denton, who is the father of the children, 
as you heard in the news report, petitioned the court for custody on March 1st, alleging that Carrillo was delusional and had taken the kids and refused to tell them where they were. Carrillo then filed a restraining order against her baby daddy and claimed Denton was an alcoholic who may have sexually abused their eldest child. Bunch of tit for tat. Now, this case went all through family courts in L.A. counties. The parents, you know, traded accusations back and forth. There's dozens of court documents. You know, police were called. Social workers consulted. They saved text messages and Facebook posts. And just last week, a judge agreed to move the case to Tulare County, where a hearing was scheduled for this Wednesday. But clearly, that won't be happening. Now, it's so much that's sad about this situation. Number one, that these kids are dead. Number two, that all of this could have been prevented if people actually took Eric Denton, the baby daddy, more serious as the father. A lot of times in these cases, nobody wants to listen to the man. The mom, the woman is automatically looked at as the one who is right, who has to be the victim of some sort. I've seen it a dozen times. I got homeboys who've been accused of violence or abuse in these custody cases simply because a lot of women and lawyers know that that is the way to win these cases. Eric Denton, the baby daddy, claimed in custody hearings that Liliana Carrillo suffered from postpartum depression, along with other mental health issues. He said this. Were his claims taken seriously? Clearly not. But I bet you, due to his claims... Liliana's defense attorney will use those claims to prove she's mentally unfit to stand trial. Do we not see how effed up the judicial system is when Eric Denton is telling the court his baby mother is delusional, has postpartum, and suffers from mental health issues? In order to get custody of the kids, it's a back and forth. It's not taken as serious as it should be. But now after she kills the kids and needs to defend herself in court, those same claims will probably be used to get her off. Men need to be taken more serious in child custody cases. If you see a man fighting to be in his child's life and telling you, telling you, the court, that something is off with the wife, listen to him. Okay, here's the thing. Men don't want to do this. Most men I know who are fighting for custody of their kids, they want it to be an equal thing. Dads just want equal custody rights most of the time, 50-50. So when you see a man trying to get full custody of their kids, I'm telling you, he knows something is wrong. All right, there's a lot of gender bias in these custody cases. One common assumption is that women are more nurturing and natural caretakers than men. Me, Brother Leonard, Uncle Charlotte, Charlemagne the God, I believe that. So when I hear a man saying that that's not the case, I'm going to listen. But it's because of that stereotype that courts are almost always biased toward women during a custody battle. Well, look what that bias got us in the case of Liliana Carrillo. She killed her kids because she wanted to protect them from the father. I had to look up the definition of protection just to make sure I know what protection still means. Protection means a person or thing that prevents someone or something from suffering harm or injury. Not to mention, they asked her if she had any regrets. Listen to what she said. Do you regret your actions? I wish my kids were alive, yes. So I wish that I didn't have to do that, yes. But I'm, I'm, I prefer them not being tortured and abused on a regular basis for the rest of their life. I love my kids. Like I said, I wish that this didn't have to be the case. I promise to protect them. The worst a father could do to those kids is what you did to them. And that's killed him. Please give Liliana Carrillo the biggest he huh? Tragic, tragic situation. Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm -hmm. So sad. That made me cry. Yeah. Let's 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 lighten it up a little bit. 800-585-1051. Now, Yee uh, has been talking about this story behind the scenes about Lizzo. What happened with Lizzo, Yee? 
Well, she put out this these emojis showing that she was shooting her shot. It was three emojis. It was like a gust of wind, somebody, a woman playing basketball, and a basketball emoji. So she sent that uh, to Chris Evans. Obviously, a lot of women like Chris Evans. And Who's Chris she Evans? Said, uh, he's an actor. He was just in Knives Out. Did you see that? No. Okay. Movie okay. Knives Out. All right. So a lot of girls like Chris Evans. So anyway, um, he actually did just respond last night. So she's really excited about that. But, you know, you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? That's what they always say. So I'm wondering, has anybody ever tried to shoot their shot and it's actually worked out like it did for Lizzo? And now he's following her on Instagram. He sent her a message. He said, no shame in a drunk DM. And he put a little face kissing emoji. He said, God knows I've done worse on this app. And then he uh, sent a little LOL. You talk about Chris yep. Evans, Captain America, Chris Captain Evans? America. Yeah, Captain mm-hmm. America. Okay. okay, so we have Lizzo speaking about it too, right? Can we get the audio, Lizzo? The reason I'm upset about this one is because I know I'm not going to be able to marry him. And honestly, it hurts me to the core because damn Papa, he a rare breed. <laughs> Well, right. But he did respond. He did respond after that. He did respond after that. But she was he just a little, what? you know, she she put it on her um on her TikTok that she shot her shot at him. And then he did respond. I just read it to you. No shame in a drunk DM. God knows I've done worse on this app. LOL. And he's also following her. All right. Well, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Have you ever shot your shot and it worked? Let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Lizzo, and she had an interesting weekend, huh, Yee? Yeah, she shot a shot at Chris Evans, and now he's following her. And he actually uh, posted, he sent her a message. No shame in a drunk DM. God knows I've done worse on this app, LOL. So maybe there's a chance. Now he's Captain America, right, Charlamagne? Yes, sir. The Captain America. Not that punk-ass John Walker that they got on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The original OG Captain America. So you would say and he's, he's one fine, of the right? highest paid actors also. Nice. Yes, Envy. We, we all think he's fine. Okay. Nicest exactly. ass in America, as they what? say on um the Marvel. In, what? In the MCU, that's what Captain America is known for, having the nicest ass in America. That's why you love him so much. Okay, I get it. I mean, Chris so, Evans, is, listen, he's an, attract, look, look, he's, a, he's an attractive man. There's no there's no <laughs> doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're, I want you to talk. I want you to talk about me like you just talked about him. All right? Well, you don't look like Chris Evans. Right. We're asking. <laughs> have you ever shot your shot with somebody in the work? Let's start with you, Yee. Um, you know what? It works out when I try to book people for things or, like, get something. It does work. And I, I'm so reluctant to ever ask people for anything or ask for help. But, you know, maybe it should be times when you're a little more aggressive and just send out that little, like, hey, we'd love to get you on lip service. Hey, we'd love to, you know, get you on this uh, Wealth Wednesdays. And it has worked out for me before. We you talking about relationship shots, but all right, let's go to the well, phone. I'm in, a, I'm in a relationship for a I mean, long before, time. So. Yeah, that's before, a, by the way, this is a that. stupid question. Have what? I have you ever shot your shot with somebody and it worked? Yes, <laughs> on social media. On social media. Oh, on know. social media. Oh, social media. Oh, okay, yes, okay. like Lizzo just did. She slid in his DMs while she was drunk and it worked out. Got you. Envy left the on social media part out. On social media. All right. Yeah. I was kind of flustered because you like Chris Evans more than me. But hello, who's this? Hey, this is Will. 
Will, good morning. We're asking, have you ever shot your shot on social media with somebody and it worked out for you? Uh, actually, it did. Long story short, um, I've been following this girl for, let's say, two, three years. I shot my shot. Uh, six years later, we're married with one kid and have another Woo! one on the way. So. There you wow. go. Tell us how what you, what, what you say. What did you say? How, how, you jumped in a DM? What happened? So I jumped in the DM at first, and she was ignoring me for a couple of months. And then she hit me back up. And it's been, you know, happy ever after from there. So if you're listening to this, shoot your shot. So you miss 100% of the shots you don't miss, you don't take. Okay. Right, right. I know that's right. Hello, who's this? Yo, sweet. What's up? What's up, bro? We're asking, have you ever shot your shot with somebody on social media and it worked out? Uh, on social media? No, but I've done it in real life. What happened? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I we smashed. I was this, this happened. Remember? Oh my gosh! He said, "Yeah, I smashed. I smashed, yo." This is terrible. Uh, hurricane, it was this, this happened around Hurricane Sandy time. Like, like right before that hurricane hit uh, uh, New York and all that. I was in Atlanta, and I had just broken up with my ex girlfriend, and uh, she had her flight delayed or whatever in, in Atlanta, and she wanted to chill because she was scared. Whatever. Anyway, uh, I go see her. She leaves, and now I'm stuck in Atlanta uh, for the weekend with nothing to do. So I go bar hopping, and when I go bar hopping, I see this chick, just model chick. You Can know? you get to it, sir? And, uh, <laughs> Bad, I'm nervous. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm about to block you, bro. We, uh, we start talking, <laughs> hit it off, and when we hit it off, um, she ended up coming back to the hotel. She probably thought, I don't know what's happening in hurricane. Hurricanes hit. This could be our last days. <laughs> Pretty much, I guess. That's I crazy. It was, it was it was nothing else to do, and I was I had I went to, I was bar hopping, and I had like two or three Long Islands. I saw her. I did the whole. Let me, let me see. She wants to drink. We buy her a drink, and, and she started. We started talking, and she was like, "You know what? Most guys don't normally come up to me. They just they're too scared to talk." And I was like, "I didn't think you would say hi to me," and well, she did. That liquid that liquid courage. Okay. So basically, you had to tell her that she's about to die in order for her to sleep with you. It worked, though, didn't it? <laughs> it worked, though. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All, All right, right, man. 800-585-1051. Have you ever shot your shot with somebody on social media? And it worked. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, man. Call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Lizzo. You want to break down what happened with Lizzo Yee? Yeah, she shot her shot at Chris Evans. Now, we don't know how much is going to come out of this, but we do know that A, he replied to her, and B, he is now following her. So that's just dope. All right. So we're asking 800-585-1051. Have you ever shot your shot on social media? And it worked. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yo, 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 this fight, man, from Chesapeake. We're asking, have you ever shot your shot on social media yeah. and it worked, bro? Yeah, man, I shot my shot with my, um, with my girl. I'm with now, man. Uh, it was one night, jumped out that Hennessy. I had a shot in her inbox, man. And uh, everything been good since then. How did you do it? Did you know her before that? Was it a stranger? Oh, uh, no, well, she was my, uh, she was a football team mom on my son's football team. So uh, when I first met her, though, she cut me out. So about three months later, jumped out the Hennessy one night. I sent her an inbox, and we together now. Been over a year. Uh, we live together. I'm about to uh, propose wow. to her in about a couple of months. Everything's yes. done. Yes. 
That is cute, and your kids played on the team together. That's so cute. Yeah. So shout out to my baby Gina. I love you. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to another caller. Hello. Who's this? Jada. Hey. Good morning. We're asking. Have you ever shot your shot with somebody in the work? Yes, it did. So back in 2015 on New Year's Eve, I shot my shot at my fiance on Snapchat, and I just said Happy New Year. And then after that, we just started talking and started dating. And now four years later, we're engaged. Wow. That's dope. Yeah. Off, I'm a little happy new year. So was that you trying to holler at him or? Yeah, to be honest, like I always kind of had my eye on him, but he was always in a relationship every time like I saw him on like Instagram and stuff. And then I just noticed like I was kind of like lurking on Instagram and I was like, oh, wait, he's not with a female right now. So I just shot my shot that night and it worked. Wow. Okay, that's cute. And that's good because it's not like you're being too aggressive. You're just like, hey, happy new year. And that's a good little conversation starter. It's innocent. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny part. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And he actually opened it. So. <laughs> All right. Let's see all these success stories. Again, you got to just put yourself out there sometimes. Yep, that's true. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, mama. Now, what's the moral of the story if there is a moral? I think we've been saying it from the beginning. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. The worst thing that could happen is you left on red and the person doesn't respond to you. But the best thing that can happen is some of the success stories we just heard now. People getting married, people living together, about to get engaged. So... I don't Go know nothing it. about shooting no shots. I'm retired, man. You know what I'm saying? My knees been gave out on me. My jersey been in the rafters, okay? All right? Go for it respectfully. But you can also shoot your shot when it comes to business, when mm. it comes to work. It doesn't just have to be relationships. But, again, if you don't even go for it, it'll never happen. There you go. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about porn addiction. We'll tell you what actor is saying that porn addiction was difficult for him to overcome, and he feels like there's a lack of information about it. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Jake Paul. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen all right, well, if anybody watched this fight over the weekend, it was Jake Paul versus former MMA, MMA fighter Ben Askren. I did and not. it was the Triller Fight Club ring Saturday night. And a lot of people are saying they believe that it was rigged after Jake Paul knocked Askren out in the first round. But prior to that fight, Pete Davidson and Jack Harlow went to go see Jake Paul in the locker room, and things got uncomfortable for Jake Paul as this line of questioning happened. What I was going to ask you about, I was like, so how are you feeling like... How are you? <laughs> Bro, you can't joke around about that. No, I'm not. I'm not. No. Like, are you, you good? Like, I'm good. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Totally good. What's popping with that? Nothing. What got bleeped out? I now, now, what he was asking him about was the sexual assault allegations that he's facing. And so that was a right question that Pete Davidson asked. Now, when you, yeah, right, when you see it, you know, it's, it's bleeped out now when you see it online. And last week, Jake Paul had posted about these accusations, and he said it's not something that I or anyone should ever take lightly, but to be crystal clear, this claim made against me is 100% false. Not only have I never had any sexual relationship with this individual, but this claim is solely a manufactured accusation and a blatant attempt for attention during a highly visible fight week. Yeah, I mean, Pete has the right to ask, and Jake Paul has the right to not answer. So I respect it all. 
I started to order that fight this weekend, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I saw forty nine ninety nine. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm paying forty nine ninety nine for this fight. I just couldn't see myself doing that. I just, I just didn't feel right. I'm a boxing guy. I love boxing, but that ain't, that ain't it, bro. Forty nine ninety nine. Nah, I can't. All do right it. now. Kevin Durant was asked to name the top five players he's ever played with during an appearance on Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast. And here's what was said. Top five players you ever played with. Kyrie, James, Steph, Clay. I'm going to go Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I thought somebody else was going to go in there from just, L.A. That's, that's so I'm just, so, I forgot somebody. South Central L.A., Russell. Oh, shit. Damn, I am tripping. Russ, yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, I'm just making sure, you yeah, know what I mean? Because game Russ. like mine. <laughs> I did forget about Russ. Russ would definitely be top five. First of all, drop on the clues bomb for Wallow and Gilly. Okay, million dollars worth of game is out here cooking. and K <clears throat> But KD know what he doing. Okay, KD knew what he was doing with that answer. And salute to Gillo and Wally for cutting out that end part when y'all posted it on social media. Because I didn't even see him mention Russell, Russell at all in those clips y'all posted last night. So that was great marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people felt like maybe KD was trolling because he's known to do things like that. Of but course he was. Maybe, maybe in that moment he really was, just wasn't thinking. You don't you don't forget Russell Westbrook. You played for him for wild long, had a crazy breakup. Like, no, he knows that. He was trolling. All right, and three-time NBA champion Dwayne Wade has purchased an ownership stake in the Utah Jazz. He's joining majority owner and team governor Ryan Smith, and his plan is to take an active role in the franchise and region. So he said, this goes way beyond the dream. I had to just play basketball in the NBA. I've seen Shaq do it in Sacramento. I've seen Grant Hill do it in Atlanta. I've seen Jordan do it in Charlotte. If this partnership is going to be anything like my relationship, there are going to be a lot of things that I want to be involved in. I, I don't know what you we just said, but it sounded like congratulations. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like you just said congrats. Dropping the clues bonds for D-Wade. I didn't know Shaq had uh, minority ownership in Sacramento. I didn't know that either. I knew about Grand Hill in Atlanta. And the other one, who else did he say? Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah, of man. of course I knew about Jordan. I didn't know about Shaq and um, I didn't know about Shaq Sacramento. Either. I wonder if Usher still owns a bit of Cleveland. He, he was a minority owner in the Cavs at one point. Nelly was too, wasn't Nelly, he? Nelly was with, uh, a minority sure. owner in the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, now Post Malone has become the youngest artist with three diamond singles. So that's another congratulations to him. <laughs> One of the songs oh. is Congratulations with Quavo, Rockstar with 21 Savage, and Sunflower with Sway Lee. They've all crossed the 10 million sales wow. threshold. Never heard them. I'm sure they sound good. Never heard Congrats. them. Congrats. All right, and Little Dirk, his concert ended early after people thought that they heard gunfire, but it wasn't. So let's be clear on that. Uh, I know there was like some rumors going around that that, but they said there was various videos that were posted showing people running to the exit, chairs getting knocked over. But they said it was just a microphone dropping on the ground, which made a loud noise. So there's yeah, they said no gunshots, said reports, no nothing. Reports of a woman being grazed by a bullet are also false, and nobody required paramedic attention amidst the chaos. Hey, and there's man. nobody in custody, nothing like that. You can never be too sure nowadays. Okay, duck first, ask questions later. Yeah, there was right. 10,000 people there. Over 10,000 people at that, that performance. Smirkchella. Mm -hmm. All right, Mark Anthony, his worldwide virtual concert failed due to technical <laughs> problems. No, no, you should just end it at Why failed. Why you laughing? Why you yeah, laughing, can we just man? end it at failed? Wow, Ramos is so pissed yeah. right now. <laughs> stupid, can we man. just end it at failed? First of all, I had no idea Angelie was doing a Mark Anthony story. I've been giving Dramos hell about Mark Anthony in this studio all morning long for no reason. How dare you? Have I not? <laughs> 
I don't even know why. <laughs> I was just saying Mark Anthony could never. You're a damn hater. That's no why. This guy's crazy. Damn hater. Now, the concert was supposed to stream in 85 countries, but there wasn't a frame of video to show for Nobody it at cared. all. He posted, first of all, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to the unprecedented amount of fans from all over the world Lies. that tried to log in to watch my concert tonight and were not able to join due to the overwhelming demand Lies. that caused mm-hmm. a complete collapse yep. of the streaming platform. Lies. I'm deeply sorry. Sorry for this technology failure that was unfortunately out of our control. You can rest assured that I'm doing everything in my power to make sure the people that spent their hard-earned money Mm-mm. have the opportunity to see the show as soon as Mm-mm. possible, and I'll make it right for you all. That's the cleanup on our three. Uh, I no. think that nobody showed up. And the demand was that, too high. Being that nobody showed up, they're trying to flip high. it, that the demand is too high. No, that's okay? what it is. Mark Anthony looks like an x-ray of a skeleton. That's my final answer. What does that have to do right. with anything? Nothing. <laughs> what does his looks have to do to Did you cho- did you, you did you tune in this weekend, Dramos? What happened? Exactly. You ain't even All right, support ladies. your own people. Ladies, ladies, ladies. My internet was unplugged. <laughs> what? <laughs> My internet was unplugged. <laughs> ladies, ladies. You ain't even support your own people, Dramos. Damn. Shut All up, right. Man. Well, that <laughs> is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss. Tell Mark you. Anthony do the ski challenge, man. You're he stupid. don't need to do the sea challenge, with, with a rolled-up dollar bill and you some cocaine. Show some damn respect. This is a, a diamond-selling artist, bro. Show some damn respect. So why ain't nobody show up for his concert? He just is looking. overlanding the biggest streaming event all right, of all guys. time. All right, guys. Revolt. Okay? We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Let's start it off with some Black Rob. It's the breakfast. That's Sunday. right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout out to everybody in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix over the weekend. They had like a, I guess like a huge music festival. There was so many things going on. It was a lot going on in Phoenix. So shout out to everybody in Phoenix. Had an amazing time out there. I actually really like Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona. I want to go out there. I've always said I want to go to like, they they have the most, uh, the best spas in Scottsdale, Mm. according to a lot of different things I've been reading. So I wouldn't mind going on like a retreat. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got a lot of great spiritual retreats in um, Arizona too for people that are in the in the mindfulness and you know being very Ayahuasca. mentally healthy and spiritually healthy. They got a lot of great retreats out there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's like a goal of mine to do one time. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive notes. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I do, man. Listen, always let gratitude be your attitude. Take the time on this Monday morning to just thank God for your 